Vegan, aka DM Sarah, and this is DM Talks. Well, actually, this is the DMC, <laughs> but the mini sode is also known as the Deep Meaningful Conversation, where you decide if we are chatting shit or connecting sense. So, in this week, I'm all by myself. I'm trying to break out of my comfort zone by doing solo episodes, so expect more of these in the future. I'm supposed to to actually have been releasing an episode out last week but your girl was exhausted she was so tired and to avoid burnout i decided to rest instead um so yeah i just thought for the first part of this mini i'll probably like catch you guys up on my um last two weeks so um i have haven't been feeling that great if i'm honest my mood has been quite low and that's the thing like I go through phases of being quite defeatist and it it just slumbers me. It makes me very depressed. And I think, especially as a podcaster, you have to be disciplined in your, um, well, in your platform because you want to provide content that is um, to a schedule. You want to be consistent you want to also um be able to give your perspective on things so i've been quite observant and now i have the opportunity to share my thoughts right but that's the thing with podcasting i think if you don't have the social capital or if you don't have the engagement or if you don't have the um I don't know, attention that so many individuals crave today in our society, it can make you lose confidence with how you put your, like, words out there. Like, the amount of times that I've tried to get people on my show or the amount of times that I've um, sent emails to not hear anything can be a bit deflating. And, like, of course I believe what's out there for me will come to me so I don't need to um, attach myself um, towards the to, towards the rejection or towards towards like the ghosting, but I do think like it's so frustrating when you live in a world that is so dependent on like how many followers you have, how much engagement do you have, how many subscribers do you have, and all that bullshit. Because it's like, look, when does it give a chance for people to just showcase their talent? You know, like I know I'm talented. I know that I have the source. I know that I have so much information to share. But sometimes people might look at me and be like, oh, this babe doesn't have only said amount of um, subscribers. So they don't want to get in contact or they don't see me for my worth. And I find it quite cringy. If I'm really, really, really honest with you, there is a part of me that feels like I just want to leave socials and be a bit more intimate with my community, whether that is having like, um, maybe like subscribing more to like for Patreon activities, or maybe it's like, um, well, I just said Patreon without maybe people knowing it, but Patreon is like um, a place online where people can like pay for your content and you'll be able to like, be a bit more um, exclusive with what you share. And that's something that's been really highlighting for me recently, just because like, I want a community and I want to engage with my community. I want to talk to them about the um, topics I've discussed. And maybe that going to something like Patreon is um, a bit more favorable in the future, just because like 
Twitter, social media, TikTok, all these places, it's just a bit draining if you don't have the um, need or the thirst to make it big. Like, I don't care who I grow to. I just want whoever needs the message to find it. But because of social media, sort of counting on how many followers you have, it's just like, well, that's not favourable. I can put the effort in to get those followers, but do I even want all those followers? You know, like I find it quite interesting because even like one person that I'm absolutely in love with, who I would love to speak to one day is Nella Rose. I think she's so honest and she's so funny and she's just such a credible like content creator. Like I see her go in and out of um, how much she shares with people online and definitely as she's like grown as an artist or as a uh, content creator, as an influencer and I really, really respect the fact that she doesn't want to share everything with the world because yes, uh, her fans might want a YouTube video because we miss her content but then also she needs to protect her piece and like I think as, as you gain more traction, as your subscribers grow there's more expectations that people thrust upon you. And like, that doesn't found, I don't find that like attractive. I don't find that appealing. I find it quite suffocating because now you have to deal with other people's opinions and projections, you know? So I mean this to say that like, content creators, influencers, podcasters, or anybody who's um, producing content, um, there's a lot of like invisible, um, pressures that they have to accommodate to and yeah I just I don't want to subscribe to it I kind of just want to talk to my people and bounce and or I want to talk to my people and talk to new people and be in a bit more like a collaborative space so I definitely feel like as I grow as an artist as a creative I think I might actually have to look towards those roots um I just realized I just <laughs> went on a bit in tangent but let me catch you guys up on my week um, so I've been feeling defeatist, as you guys know. Um, so I'm trying to use that energy to put it into my body. I've been going to the gym regularly. I've even started a new um, dance class called Vogue Femme, which has been so much fun. Um, each week we're practicing um, the elements and then we have to battle at the end of it. And it's just so funny because it's really gained my confidence. Like we have to do floor work. We have to like, be so <coughs> um, flamboyant and just so um, brazen with our movement. And I love that because it really, really kind of puts you out of your comfort zone. My teacher's quite funny. Like they're basically like, I know you might get shy, but Vogue is a passion. Vogue is an interest. Vogue is an art form. So pretend that your crush is in the room and just go wild. And honestly, I just, I love that for them. I love that for us. I love that for anybody who vogues because it really, really, really does help you with your um, self-confidence. So that's something that I've been really enjoying. I also should mention that last week I did some tarot reading at a um, queer black and brown event called Pussy Palace. It was so much fun. Um, the event space was at E1, which was like this huge, 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 huge event space in East London. I know that they've um, had events there before, but I know that they're quite known for partying at the Colour Factory, which is also in East London. But um, the event was uh, themed. It was signs themed. So you had to show up as your horoscope. But um, 
I mean, not everyone has to, but it was encouraged. Your girl came out as Aries, but you know I'm extra as fuck. So <laughs> I had my big three on my face. Like I literally had Aquarius. Um, uh, how have I forgot my big three? What is it? So I'm Aries Sun, Aquarius Rising and Leo Moon. And I had that all over my face. I can't lie, I kind of look like a bit of a dominatrix, but in like a cool kind of like high priestess kind of way. I don't know, add a cape, it looks kind of cool. Hopefully I've got some pictures, so I'll share that with you guys. And it was really nice. It was like an opportunity to showcase my craft with tarot reading, but also meet new people. And I think this actually goes back to what I mean earlier with like, um, being collaborative with people who are more inclined with me because I went to Pussy Palace, I was able to meet all these different individuals who were interested in um, tarot reading but also came to just do enjoyment and were able to meet others and it's so nice being at Pussy Palace because I've never seen that many queer black and brown people in one place so it's really really affirming and when I was having tarot readings with all these um, different clients, I was able to um, learn about themselves, learn about myself, but also learn about how energy, again, can be um, advanced in different environments. Like, I had clients talking to me about their career. I had clients talking to me about love. I had clients talking to me about, like, family. But these are all different people that I've never met before. And they all were in Pussy Palace to have a good night, yet I was able to um, learn, grow and expand lessons for them that their spirit team wanted me to let them know. And I just really, really liked that. Like, I like the fact that I can not have to, um, I guess, constantly put myself in environments which might or might not um, take a light to me. I can just, go to a space which is creative, um, diverse and really colourful and see who just comes to me, you know? It's definitely like I allow myself to be open and receive the opportunities and the blessings and the like conversations that were in Pussy Palace instead of me just like um, emailing loads of places, doing loads of promo, doing all these different environments, doing all these different things which might not get the better, the um like actions that i want so i'm really really grateful for that it's a good opportunity to meet new people but also like showcase my business like i've been tarot reading for nearly four years no four over four years now and i just find it um such a beautiful craft that i can um help people with so it's definitely something that i'd like to do in the future <laughs> I wanted to talk about my favourite TV show. Um, expect some reviews here and there because one thing that I be doing is streaming. <laughs> and I had to tell you guys about um, my new favourite show, the spin-off series and what I thought about it. So, I love Dexter. Who is Dexter, may you ask? Dexter is a serial killer who lives in Miami with a specific set of code for his killings, right? So it's a show that ran from 2006 to 2013. It has a healthy eight seasons. And what's so special about Dexter is that he's not your average serial killer. Like he basically only kills people who are murderers, 
and uh, rapists, uh, basically criminals, right? But people that have got away with their crimes. And he's been able to sort of develop his like skills and his intelligence because of his father essentially training him. And um, without spoiling you guys too much, I'll tell you when to not listen to me because you know, basically, Dexter was raised by his father, his foster father named Harry, who was the chief of police of Miami Metro. And as chief of police, he was able to notice some signs in Dexter, which sort of um, alluded to um, uh, killing tendencies. So because of this, um, his dad sort of taught him how to control it. His dad taught him that Look, if you're going to kill these people, you're going to kill the wrong people. You're going to kill the people that got away and you're going to make sure you never get caught. So over the eight series, you see Dexter battle with his addiction that he calls um, his dark passenger, a.k.a. his killing tendencies. And you see him, um, uh, I guess get away with certain crimes, get away with um, certain murders, but also try his best to be a functioning member of society. One of the ways he does that is being a forensic um, blood spatter analysis in Miami Metro. So let me repeat that. He is a serial killer that is working in Miami Metro forensic scientist. How crazy, right? Oh, I honestly love this show because I think it's one of the most mysterious, like, calculated, strategic TV shows that I've ever watched. Dexter is um, quite funny as well. Like, he... So I think he um, he narrates throughout the whole show, right? About, about Dexter is how, like, he narrates the show. He... He directs the show, right? He literally ran, so Joe from You Could Fly. He has this comic, um, psychotic um, understanding to his crimes. And he feels like he's justified because of his life that he's led. But as the show goes on, you see him try to sort of um, be a functioning member of society, which I find really funny because, like, he's not for all it has a mysterious plot as the show goes on you find out the way that he is and one thing that i can definitely say about this show it has the one of the strongest first seasons that um i've ever watched so if you've never heard of or watched dexter before i 100% recommend watching the first season um sticking with it because it is a bit of suspenseful so there's a lot of um red herrings and um, confusion in the storyline, but that just makes the plot twist even better. Um, I can't lie to you, I was actually kind of depressed when this show stopped because me, I get attached to characters. But when it stopped in 2013, I was just, oh, I was, I was upset because I don't think the show got what it needed to give, right? However, that all changed last year because the spin-off was released and this is called Dexter New Blood, right? And I promise you guys, it did not disappoint. 
it was so similar to Dexter. I'm going to explain now what I thought about the show. So if you haven't watched Dexter before or if you don't want to hear any spoilers, I'd say fast forward over the next 10 minutes just because I'm going to talk to you about what I liked and what I didn't like. So is Deborah's back. Deborah is Dexter's sister and over the last two seasons of the original episode there was a lot of um, storylines which really tested their relationship and I was so sad to see her go but I also understand why she needed to because I mean she's also in the police, she also has a moral compass finding out that your brother is a serial killer and he's been doing that for years and like your well, their father also trained them. That's a lot of information. That's a lot of information to carry. So to see the downfall of Deborah was um, really sad in the original show, but I'm happy that she was able to sort of make her comeback in this one. You guys are probably wondering how she made her comeback. And I think because they changed her um, position to what was previously Harry, was a really really good way of like tying the show together so in the original show harry was the voice of reason was the voice of consciousness he was always the second thought that would play in dexter's head when any whenever he's making decisions and after um season eight ended season well dexter new blood spin-off introduced Deborah as that new voice of reason. She has a lot much larger uh, moral compass than Harry ever did. She also had um, a comedic value with the fact that she bloody swore like a fisherman or that she was um, really loving and um, care, like she was just such a loving and caring individual. And I think that really, really helps with um, Dexter's storyline because at this point Dexter hasn't killed in what 10 years and it's interesting how she's able to um, remind him of his routine remind him of his um, goals remind him of his effort and remind him of his danger because that's the thing with um, the, how the original show ended like so many people around Dexter was dying and not because they were his victims but more because they were caught in the crossfire so to see Deborah re-emerge again as the um voice of consciousness voice of reason oh I just love that I thought that was so clever for the writers another thing that I really liked was that Harrison is back and I think this also showcases like how Dexter was trying to be a functioning um, adult within society without these like murderous tendencies. Uh, for those who don't know, Harrison was his son and Dexter had to leave his son in, I wanna say season eight because everything was, well, going crazy. Everything was lock off. He had to escape and he thought that his son was safer in his girlfriend's um, like care than his and to a degree I accept it I understand it but then from Harrison's perspective he must feel abandoned you know like even though he grows up with Hannah who he really really cares for he's lost his mum he's lost his dad and now he comes in this new series 
with answers. You know, he wants answers. He wants to know why he was left. He wants to know what happened to his family. He wants to know um, where his siblings have gone and etc. And I think the fact that they've um, waited so long. So let's say if Dexter finished in 2013, the show came back out in 2021. So they've waited like so many years. So Dex, so Harrison's grown up. Harrison's an adult, well, he's a teenager now, and he's able to um, be a lot more independent. And you see that being conflict with Dexter because Dexter wants to treat him and baby him in a way that um, a father would do. But Dexter, well, Harrison has actually had to learn how to live on his own for such a long time. He wants the care of a father, but he doesn't need his father, you know? And I thought that was really interesting because as you get to know about Dexter's um, backstory, you understand why he's the way that he is. And he starts to see certain behaviors in Harrison, you know, and that leads to the plot of um, one thing that I was so, so, so gassed to see was a cameo by the Trinity Killer. And the fact that we were able to understand what Harrison went through from a childlike perspective and a childlike flashback was so entertaining for me because it was that suspenseful, strategic and calculated story, story writing and storytelling that we love Dexter to be. I think the Trinity Killer is by far my favourite killer in Dexter. I thought he was um, so pragmatic and so... Um, detailed you know he was he was i think i actually screamed when i saw trinity um come up on my tv screen just because of how much i loved that series um now to the things that i've didn't like i honestly just thought it was too rushed like it was too rushed like with dexter um new blood there was quite of a lot of easter eggs and red herrings throughout the show and it had so many options um, of where to go. Um, I particularly felt like this during the end of the season because I felt like um, there was all these... Uh, I particularly felt like this at the end of the season because there was a lot of filler episodes and not enough action. And I think if you're used to old Dexter, um, the original show, it's like he's going out for this one serial killer, but each episode he's also killing an individual or trying to like, um, I guess, address or accommodate his addiction. And I guess this is slightly different to this show because he's had, well, a 10 year break from killing. But as Dexter, well, as you can imagine, if Dexter's has having a reboot, um, with quite a few years off he's probably gonna start killing again so that could be meaning why there's not that much action in the last couple of episodes but i still thought it was entertaining nonetheless one thing that i really really liked was how clever angela was in um this series angela is his um girlfriend but also um, a native american chief of police she has a case where she's trying to find um, missing uh, girls who have disappeared um, over the years in their life. 
she has uh, intimate stories that makes her more passionate with finding these people. But I find, I bring up that I like the fact that she was clever because I think in TV shows, they try and um, encourage some individuals to be more naive than they are. But with Angela, she's very um, receptive. She's very intuitive. So I think it was great that she was the one to sort of bust case at the end of the show. She was able to um, connect the dots and connect the messages, even though that there wasn't actually much to go off. Like she actually did what every single um, detective in Miami couldn't do. And I think that's so impressive. Like especially in season two of Dexter and the original show where everybody's trying to find the Bay Harbor Butcher, she was able to connect dots just from words and key messages. And I think that's why also it was um, such a powerful last episode because you see her really in, un, in her own going for, um, you see her really on her own trying to determine um, what's true you know and then we get another cameo from our favorite detective angel batista um that's another thing that i liked but also didn't like like they introduced him to the show to not have him be there that much and i was just like what you can't just show up angel batista who's now lieutenant of dexter new blood who is a crucial part to the comedic um light-hearted but also the investigative nature of uh, miami metro to then leave him out of um busting case at the end you know and i just think like it could have been more it could have had more episodes it could have had more episodes it definitely could have had um maybe more action episodes with the original serial killer it could have had some more um aftermath with um batista and dexter like i would have loved to seen that interaction i think that would have been great tv um another thing that i want to mention is kurt who is played by clancy brown who's an amazing actor he was sort of like the unofficial mayor of the town that everybody was living in like and he was found out to be the serial killer in the last couple of episodes a lot of people well not a lot of people but i'd say angela and dexter didn't have a liking to this man and well i mean they know why because they thought he was doing wrong things and they were so right but the thing is because he was the unofficial mayor of this town a lot of people loved him a lot of people allowed him to do the things that um others wouldn't do and I just think because of this, it would have been great to find out how was the town's reaction to finding out that he was the killer. Like, they left the show sort of abruptly. And because we've, as Dexter fans, we've waited so long for um, this show to come about. It would have been nice and interesting to see um, how, um, well, the environment's changed since The Secret has come out. Um, Another thing that I say, like, Harrison, even though he was played by such a great actor, I also think that his character wasn't developed enough for Dexter fans to watch another series about him. Like, the ending was quite um, abrupt, and it was kind of cathartic, because it was like, you brought, you brought me into this world, and now I'm taking you out. It definitely, like, the episode was called Sins of a Father, and I definitely think that resonated throughout the whole show. But I also think because it wasn't... Um, satisfying enough 
um, for the build-up that it had, it made it quite, um, I guess, um, frustrating when the show ended because it was like, oh, I need more, but I know I can't get more because now Dexter's been taken out, you know? So that's what I thought. If you guys um, thought similar, let me know. If you had different reviews, let me know. I could talk about Dexter literally all day long. But I just thought I would give a little snippet of the thoughts um, that I had about the episode. So I thought to end the DMC this week, I'll pull out some oracle cards for us all. And hopefully we can use these messages to affirm our week. We got number 13, 25 and 44 from Spiritual Seasoning for the Soul Deck by Kelechi Okafor. The first card says, you have overcome so much to be here, don't give up. So I'm just going to read the little passage that it comes with. You are right, this life is tough, yet here we are thriving. Always remember that you're made of God stuff, which means that you cannot be broken. Take each moment as it comes and find peace in each one. This is how you keep going. 25, which is the answer to our prayers resides in our daily habits. Your prayers haven't gone unheard. In fact, the things you desire are the things in existence. Have, oh no, sorry. The things that, your prayers haven't gone unheard. In fact, the things you desire are already in existence. Have you made space for your blessings? Is it the day-to-day -day things you do that decide what exactly when your blessings will have permission to come in? And 44, which says, the creator gave you the ability to create, use it wisely. You possess the ability to create and miscreate. Refrain from manifesting more pain for yourself than others. Create an environment for peace within yourself and project it onto the world around you. I also pulled out two um, oracle messages. So the first one says the rain dancer. And the key words are positivity, optimism and fun. The rain dancer has learned to enjoy the storms of life, to revel in the refreshing rain and allow the winds to blow away the cobwebs of negativity. She cleanses herself and grows stronger from each stormy day. When life goes seems to be throwing stormy seas your way, remember that the best sailor are trained to on the rough seas, learn to brave the weather, to enjoy the challenge and have fun in any moment that you can and try to see the bright side. At the very least, you know the sun always seems brighter after a bout of darkness. Look forward to the positivity, you know it You know it coming with the new strength you are gaining. And the next one is called the leader, and the keywords are leadership, strength, and role model. The leader is strong, knows her role and how important she is, not only in her own life, but the lives of others. She knows her impact and uses it to light the way for others. Even if you feel you don't feel in leadership or influence with others, you are mistaken. We all have the power to be the leader in our own lives. We can use this to form the lives we want, to forge what we desire, to fight for it. You never know who's watching or who you are inspiring with the actions and expressions. Never underestimate your reach and influence. Sometimes we are watched from afar and give great strength to others without even knowing. If you're going through a dark time, feeling your strength and leadership lacking, take a moment to look around and consider who might be watching, who may be looking up to you. Consider also who you can look up to and take strength from yourself. Life is all about give and take after all. I feel like that message definitely resonated with me, um, especially with how I've been feeling quite defeatist and deflated um, over the past couple of weeks. But it just shows you that like, 
we deserve peace we deserve um happiness and sometimes that's gonna have to take us being patient with ourselves and knowing that there is strength in um being in processing your feelings and processing yourself in calmer states so i hope that message would resonated with you i hope you could um take something from these oracle oracle card messages i'm going to love you and leave you now and um carry on with my day i hope you enjoyed this mini sode um there's going to be more coming out next week i i hope you guys enjoyed this mini sode um, I've been your host Sarah DM, aka DM Sarah. You can find this podcast on DM.talks. Um,